Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. I'm excited today to have a packed show for you. We've got Andrea Logan-White. She's an actress, and she's the star of the new series, The Healing Tribe. We also have the Kendrick Brothers. Now, the Kendrick Brothers have a new film called Overcomer. It comes out on August 23rd in theaters across America. But we're going to start today by having Andrea on the show. Before we bring her on, I want to just tell you a little bit about The Healing Tribe. If you haven't heard about the series, it's streaming right now on pureflix.com. Now, the show is about finding the tools that God has given us to live an abundant life. And the series brings together a number of women, including Andrea. And these women share their experiences of overcoming and walking out of chronic illness, addictions, trauma, relationship issues, anxiety, and depression. And it details how they were able to find a life in peace and health, a life that God has helped them journey through. So with no further ado, I want to bring Andrea Andrea Logan-White on the show. Hey, Andrea, how's it going today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Billy. Thanks for coming on. So we've got a lot to talk about, but the really exciting thing is your new show, The Healing Tribe. What, what can you tell us about the show? So this is something that God speaks to me in titles, oddly enough. I come up with the most random titles, but this is so passionate, something that I'm so passionate about because I really struggled and have struggled with my physical health for my entire life. So I've been on this earth for over four decades and that's something that I was a sick child and after coming to Christ in my early twenties and it's, it's something that I really battled with and I could not put the pieces together. I would read the word, I would pray, go to church, go to, you know, the most random doctors and holistic practitioners and herbalists. And I was like, why am I not getting better? And I just kept getting diagnosed with the most random, bizarre diagnoses. And I just couldn't put the pieces together. So my heart behind the healing tribe is I've connected with women that love the Lord that have found healing in the most, um, I guess, random ways, but really that, you know, we think, okay, we pray to God and we're going to get healed by taking the specific medicine or it's, it's just a simple bullet point answer. And oftentimes God doesn't do things normally. He does them in, in a way that, that also uses other people to kind of weave, a, weave us all together. So my heart for the healing tribe is to take the people that are struggling behind us and hold their hands and also reach for the ones ahead of us and join as a a band of women to really, and not just women, just a band of people that, that love the Lord that are, that are in this together, that are sharing um, their stories of how God has healed them. And a lot of times, like I said, it's not in the most normal way and to really just come together and, and support each other and lift each other up. Yeah. And that's interesting too, because for some reason I feel like, and maybe this is just my experience, but I notice it with a lot of people 
when people are struggling, whether it's spiritually or physically or emotionally or mentally, whatever it is, a lot of times we don't go and share it with other people. We don't seek help from other people. We don't even want to talk about it. It's almost like keep it in. Don't, you know, put your struggles out there. Uh, but the unique thing is it seems like with the Healing Tribe, there's a real discussion that's going on. And and I guess I would ask you, I just think your perspective would be interesting. Why do you think so many people are hesitant to kind of share their struggles with others? I think it's um, perception. I think people are afraid to look weak because we all want to look perfect and strong. And as you know, you in, you've interviewed me with my story. God didn't start using me until I started being authentic and transparent. And I was like, gosh, this is so uncomfortable. But that's what God wants. He wants us to live from the inside out. He wants us to share our weaknesses. So he's glorified and it's not really about us and about our strength, but so God can be glorified and also so he can bring us together because not only does God use miraculous things to heal us, but he wants us in relationship with other people and believers because we can't do this alone. Any part of our life is not meant to be done alone. So and and yes, I have interviewed you about your story and I and I love your story and I'm going to make you share it again because there's so many parts of it that are just incredible and I think we look for evidence of God. Sometimes so many people will say, "Well, what's the evidence for God?" and it's like when I hear people's stories like yours, I'm like, "Uh, there's the evidence, right? Not only just the the heart change, but the the things we go through as we're discovering who God is and so I guess just to take it back a little bit, um, before we get into kind of your pivot point moment when you really embraced Christ, what what was it that landed you or made you interested rather in the acting world initially? <laughs> well, I you know, I think coming from a very small town, I was an athlete. I grew up with two brothers and I was extremely shy and uh, like ridiculous low self-esteem. I mean, I had like I had glasses, braces, and permed hair, and I was an athlete, but I also was, I was like this underdog that just wanted to fight back, but I couldn't express myself. And I loved sports, but I couldn't excel. I was always just, you know, I was good, but I didn't shine really in anything. So when I moved to San Diego with my dad, right after high school, I um, went to college. I knew not a single soul. And then I had to take certain electives and it happened. One of them happened to be a theater class. And then when I took it, something inside of me was revived and I became alive and I was forced to live outside of my shell, but I, it, it was something that I connected to and I felt free. And it was the first time in my life that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is something I'm really passionate about. And I could express my pain and my, everything that I wanted to share in a way that that I felt safe. And so um, that's really when I fell in love with it. And so you started making your way um, into Hollywood. What was that experience like? Oh, it was just so easy and effortless. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not a Christian and I started doing modeling gigs and commercial stuff down in San Diego. And wouldn't you know, um, the, one of the first photographers I shot with happened to be friends with an agent that represent a lot of uh, represented a lot of Playboy Playmates. So I fell into the deepest, darkest, biggest crowd of Satan's den and um, started hanging out with celebrities in the Playboy Mansion. And before I could blink, I moved up to L.A. the day after I turned 20 with $350 in my bank account in my green Isuzu Amigo with a Playboy Playmate. So that oh, wow. was my introduction to Hollywood. And um, let me tell you, it was a lot of fun, but I almost died through it all. 
Um, and, but that, that spawned my heart to just go for it and risk it all. And I, you know, you know, I look at the path that I fell into and I just wanted to be an actor that, that was on TV. And at the time, 90210 and Baywatch and like all those, those, you know, TV was huge back then. It was, I just wanted to be on TV because I love to, to express myself. But yeah, I had a, a very tragic path to get there and uh, it wasn't easy, but somehow God used all of that to uh, to w- wake me up and to bring me to him. Yeah, and it's it's really incredible because it seems almost impossible. I mean, if, when you look at the number of people who have gone into Hollywood, you know, it's, it's a small percentage of people, especially you look at kid stars, you know, that, that make it all the way through unscathed. A lot of people really struggle because there seems to be so much temptation. And in your case, you were really thrown right into the heart of it immediately, it sounds like. 100%. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and and then some, and, <laughs> and, so, and then some. Yeah, I mean, and I think I literally want to put together a template or an ebook for all of my fans because I get multiple emails on a daily basis and inboxes on my social media of like, I want to do this, and how do I do it? And I, I would say, do not move out here unless you have a church that you know, or, or visit first before you just jump out here and move. You have to visit L.A. first and then also get involved because all it takes is one influence that will lead you down the wrong path. And it wasn't like I was naive. I just was I walked into it with a very weak foundation. And for me, I would say you need a solid even one solid friend, whether it's a church friend, whether it's a mentor, but get that person before you go down the wrong path. Yeah, that's that's so important to be to be grounded. And that's a tough thing to yep. do when you're young and you've got dreams. And here you are, you're meeting people who could who could help you reach those dreams. Right. That, that's a tough that's a tough thing. So I, I love that advice. And I would bet if you wrote something like that, it would go crazy and people would want it because there are so many people looking um, to enter Hollywood. And with the rise of Christian film and faith based you know, TV shows and everything that, that's coming out, there's such an opportunity, I think, for people to make a real difference the way that you and David have. Thank you. Well, you know, I always say everything comes with a cost. And funny enough, every lesson that I've learned, I've had to learn it the hard way. Because it, even when you are equipped as a believer, the scripture, and I don't know the exact scripture, but the enemy comes around like a roaring lion seeking to seeking whom to devour and destroy, right? And I, he knows our weaknesses, even, and we don't even know our own weaknesses. And so I am so like heartfelt and passionate about like you, we all need to have accountability no matter where we're at, because the moment we walk, even on a Christian set, even if there's people doesn't matter, there is, you know, and I might be getting over spiritual, but it's, we, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers. And, and I don't want to get over spiritual, but there is a spiritual realm and we don't know what we're warring against. And there is, yeah, (laughs) I don't think we think enough about that. But I don't think we think enough. I think it's easy to get over spiritual, but I don't think you are at all. I think the problem is too often we're under spiritual and we don't think about any of that. And it can have yep. such a profound influence on what we think and what we do and how we behave, especially when we're not aware of it. So yes. I mean, I, yeah. it is it is uh, it is not talked about enough and people might think it's a weird. But like you said, it's not a weird thing. It's it is real and. I hate to say it, but the end, Christ, people that are trying to make a difference in Hollywood, that are trying to walk with the gospel and redemptive purposes, man, 
I'm, I'm telling you what, you're on the front lines and you just, it, it is, it is not for the faint of heart. It is, it is not. And I think, you know, when I look back at, at your store, one of the things that really, uh, that I love, and I have to, I've, I've made you tell this story, I feel like three times, and I'm going to make you do it for the fourth time. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's such a good story when you're on, you're on Sunset Boulevard and you have this epiphany, this moment going back to before you found Christ in that moment of saying, oh my gosh, you know, what else is there? Can you take us through what happened that day as a young actress on Sunset Boulevard? Yeah. So I was, uh, after an audition, I, it was for a soap opera and I was at my wits end. I could not make ends meet. I had multiple jobs and I couldn't even, I, I think it was, it was for, um, it was like general hospital or days of our lives. And I had tears in my eyes and I was at the end of my rope and I said, God, why am I on this earth? Why am I here? I can't even book a job. I can't make ends meet. Uh, I don't, I'm so lonely. And I, I was suicidal. And I said, if you're real, you need to show me who you are because I have lost hope and I have no will to live. And um, I'm sobbing, crying, tears streaming down my face. And I'm at my, a stoplight and a car beeps their horn. And I hesitate to look over because I, I couldn't, you know, I was crying my eyes out. And this person, which was this sweet little man in an old red beat up car, points to the radio in his car, holds up a sign. And I believe it was the fish. It was a local Christian radio station, drives away. The bumper sticker says, Jesus loves you. He waves. And so I just happened to say, okay, well, I'm going to turn the radio on. And it was a pastor repeating the words that I had just cried out to God because I said, if you're real, you need to show me who you are. And it was a pastor repeating those words of saying, there's, there, there, there's people out there crying out to God and they don't know their purpose. And God is here and he has a plan for your life and it's a good plan. And oh, so that was man. like, oh my gosh. Every time <laughs> you tell me that, I get time. chills. I get chills every yeah, time you tell that story. Us. Yeah, because God does not always work that drastically, but I think God knew I was going to take my life because I just, I, I was at that point where you, you, you try to exhaust your resources and you, you got, you get to the end of yourself and you're like, I don't know what my next step, I couldn't, I didn't even know what, where I was going next. And so, um, God met me there and, and that's why it says, keep asking, seeking and knocking. God is relentless. He does pursue you. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And how would you say that your aspirations changed after that? How did your life trajectory change? So I started going to church. I had gone to church. So the irony is the other part of the story, which is in my book, is our, one of our first acting teachers that my my playboy roommate had <laughs> was we went to an acting coach right on um, right in Studio City. And he was a believer. So we'd get up there to do our scenes and he would start weeping. And he had this heavy spirit of intercession for us because he loved the Lord and he could see that we were lost. And so he invited us to church. And this is like a few weeks after I moved to L.A. And it was Malibu Vineyard, which no longer exists. And Hef sent a limo to our house to take my roommate and I to church. And I thought, oh, look at these people raising their hands you know, worshiping and, oh, it's so cute, but it didn't hit my heart yet. So that was the only church that I knew to go back to. So I ended up going back to that church and raised my hand and got saved. I had no idea what it meant to be saved. I was still doing stupid things. Well, I, well, let's just be honest. I, I'm still a sinner. Um, exactly. We all are. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm still learning and falling down and getting back up, but I got saved and that was really the, the, 
the direction where I said, okay, I am not doing life right. I need to go to church. And that's all I knew. So I just started going back to church and putting one foot in front of the other. and, And the Holy Spirit started convicting me and the things that I could do before I couldn't do. And I, you know, so it was like this and God is a, he is a gentleman. You know, the Holy Spirit is so good because when he convicts us of our sin, we don't feel condemned. He's like, oh yeah, that's probably not the best for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that was really kind of how my, my path was redirected and it was a slow but sure path. Yeah, and it's incredible because you've gone on to to spread so many positive messages through PureFlix and through film and now The Healing Tribe and your book, Perfectly Unfinished, which, by the way, people should grab copies of that if you want to know more of the story. But I love, I, I love asking you to share that because, for me, when I talked earlier about the evidence of faith, it's those moments. And you, like you said, God doesn't always work that way. And I think we can look outside and we can see the trees and, and the sky and everything. We know that there's a creator, but when you, you hear stories like that, you're just like, wow. I mean, there's no way in a million years that this guy just drives up and this all happens by chance, right? There's no way that that happens. And so I just, I love the story and I'd encourage people to grab the book. And I think the last thing I would just ask you today is, you know, when we talk about the Healing Tribe, which is how we started the show here, um, and I think if people want to know more about you, too, hearing your story and the other women in that by watching the series is an important thing to do. You can do that over at PureFlix.com. But what are you hoping people take away from the show? So I, I believe there's a lot of people suffering in silence. As we know, mental health is so... It's unbearable, even with the shootings just the other day. I mean, our mental health is falling apart. And I believe the biggest battlefield that we all face is the battlefield of our mind. So for me, it's not only just a mental thing, but I've, I have Lyme disease. I'm, I'm overcoming that. It's been years. I, I live in chronic pain. I have fibro, you know, fibromyalgia, uh, chronic migraines. Those things that um, many people uh, deal with, uh, d- depression, anxiety, all of these things um, that we we don't know, there's not an end-all, be-all answer, and everybody gets healed in a different way. I am better. Am I 100%? No, but I am better, and a lot of it starts with our our thoughts, our beliefs, our habits, our, um, our emotions, and it's really taking those things, mind, body, spirit. So for me, it's I'm always seeking to, to be the best version of myself, mind, body, and spirit. And what does that look like? And we go into that and we talk about the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind, the trauma, abuse, rape. I mean, we cover it all and we are very open with it because I believe we have to. The days are near and, and, and ending. And I, I think God's people, he, God wants his people to to just um, to share the good, the bad and the ugly, not just the good. Because for me, even currently, it's like we don't oftentimes we we don't go to church or we don't surround ourselves with believers because we feel condemned. And God, that's not God. God wants us to to open our arms with each other and share. You know, we obviously we want to be safe with each other, but to say, listen, we're all struggling. How are you struggling? This is what I'm dealing with. What are you dealing with? And this is really what God's people we want for each other is to just uh, lift each other up when we're when we're weak. Yeah, especially in the social media era where we all share the highlight reel and like reality, you're not sharing the Saturday morning struggles with your kids screaming and everybody freaking out in your house. You're sharing like, oh, we're all smiling, going to a movie. It's, you know, there's, I think there's a real perception around us that makes that problem even worse because it looks like everybody has it together when we know in reality, none of us really do, right? It's, 
And so having that honest conversation, I think, is so important. I love that that you've done that, and I appreciate that you've put the show out. And again, people can go over to pureflix.com, and you can stream that uh, right now. Thanks so much today for joining us, Andrea. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much, Billy. We'll be right back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free one-month trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. And we're back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. Welcome back to the show. And that was Andrea Logan White. There's so much there to take away from the Healing Tribe, from her story. I absolutely love that conversion story. And I said it during the interview, but I have to say it again. We look for so much evidence of God, and yet we have moments like that that people experience. And it's like, man, there's no other explanation than God speaking into her life in that moment in that amazing way. And like she said, not everybody gets that, uh, but it's pretty powerful. You can check out the Healing Tribe over at pureflix.com today. Now, I want to transition to our next interview. This is actually from our talk show, Pure Talk, which you can watch over at facebook.com backslash pureflix it comes out every sunday night we have a different episode i host that show it's a lot of fun a lot of interesting people coming on but we wanted to share on the podcast here the interview that we did with the kendrick brothers you may know them as christian filmmakers they have a new movie called overcomer it comes out on august 23rd in theaters across america so with no further ado i'm going to run that interview so you get a chance to hear their heart what the movie is about and their journey in filmmaking lots of interesting content there and i uh, hope you enjoy it okay so you guys have a new film coming out overcomer what can yes. you tell me about it it's well, awesome yeah. it's awesome <laughs> that's good enough Next it's awesome question. Yeah. no i'm just kidding no overcomer uh overcomer is about identity in christ and uh especially in today's culture when we're talking about identity from so many different vantage points and who gets to determine your identity is it your feelings is it culture what is it and so uh, the, the premise of our movie is basically we say that the creator is the one that gets to define his creation. So you follow a, a, uh, a small school in, in a, any town USA, the, the major employer in the town, a factory closes down and moves and kind of guts the town. And when half the people move away, one of the coaches that we follow at the school loses most of his players, basketball coach. He's frustrated. And you play this. I do. Right. I play, you play, I play yes. coach. The and, dual uh, role of yeah, filmmaker and actor. Yeah. It's Alex's best acting. We were pushing him behind the scenes. <laughs> like, bro, you got to step up your game to the next you were like, level. You were yelling and cut. He did. And you were like, yeah. you got to do, do it better. you got to do it. That's so right. He, he did well. But, but he, he's given, the coach is given the cross-country program um, in its place. And he's thinking cross country is not even a real sport. I mean, come on. Like, what is know? this? Right. So uh, when he when he when he goes to see who comes out for the team, only one girl comes out and she's got asthma. So he's like, "This is a joke. This is stupid. <laughs> why why are we wasting our time?" But uh, the movie follows the identity issues of both the runner, a 15 year old girl, and the coach, and um, he has misplaced identities. Basically, you know, most men, we, we tend to put our identity in our job. Or Absolutely. Whatever level yeah. of success or notoriety we can the get. The struggle for a lot of people. That's yeah. right. Well, and so, 
identity is a universal 100% problem. All of us are born not knowing who we are. That's right. And hearing the gospel, and if you believe the gospel, it spiritually transforms your identity. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 talks about all the changes that Christ makes in us, but people don't, they skip over those first three chapters and they jump to trying to walk in love and forgive and all those kind of things, make their family godly. They don't realize all of those things flow out of us understanding what Christ has done in us and through us. It's a healthy focus on the self. That's right. Yes, making sure that we're healthy through. That's right. But even as Christians, you want to make sure that your identity is in the right order. So even before I'm a filmmaker or a speaker, actor, or whatever, uh, I'm a child of God first. And that that shouldn't change. That, that, that can't change. And because that can't change, when life changes around me or a movie bombs or, or you know, I'm get, just getting older, you know, frankly, um, that my identity is in a child of God. And so because that's my foundation, I may be disappointed in things, but I'm not devastated. But see, if I, if I flip that on its head and put my identity in how the movie does and it bombs, well, then I'm devastated, I'm floundering, I'm, right. I, I'm a question, am I good anymore? Am I a legitimate filmmaker anymore? Because you're that attached to that that's thing. That's right, right, that's right. So so the movie, uh, we follow the coach and how he deals with identity, even as a Christian, we follow the young 15-year-old girl who is trying to struggle with her place in the world at all. You know, and, uh, and But at the, at the end of the film, we, we establish that the creator is really the one that gets to define his creation. When we find ourselves in him, uh, that's the fullest version of ourself that, that we're meant to be because we're found in Christ. We find our value, our redemption, our forgiveness, our purpose in Christ. And so it, it's the journey of from different vantage points and overcomer of how they overcome their circumstances, how they overcome wrong perspectives, other influences to, to, to establish their identity in Christ. Well, and it's so. interesting hearing you guys talk about this because I know we've talked in the past and one of the things that you guys do, and I think this is really important, um, before you make a movie, there's there's sort of a process you go through, yeah. right? And there's always, it seems like three or four years between your movies. Maybe I'm right. wrong, but you started yeah, back, right. what, tw- 2004? Two three, yeah. You started 2002, 2004. Um, so two to three years. What's the process that prepares you to be sure that what you're doing is what God wants you to be doing? Well, Scripture communicates that we need to be seeking the Lord and that really we talk about how God's ideas are better than our ideas. We found everybody has a good idea for a movie. Yeah. And they will tell you their good idea. Oh, you ought to make a movie about this, you know? And so, and we often get people say, you got to make a movie about my life. And I'm so interested in it. You know, it's such a great story. Let me play the lead. Also, you know, but we come back to only the Lord knows the human heart. Only the Lord knows what's going to be going on in the culture and in the church in the future. When we're praying through something, we will spend months praying about it. And we both got lots of ideas, yeah. good ideas. Good ideas. Yeah, good ideas, exactly. you know. And so and we hear a lot of good ideas. But ultimately, we say, God, wh- where is your heart? Wh- what do you want us to do? God is always on the cutting edge. You know, he inspired Noah to build an ark. That didn't come from Noah at all. But it was totally cutting edge and relevant for the day. David shows up to a knife fight with a gun. <laughs> Because God's technology is better than man's, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah. So, (laughs) there were no guns yet, I guess, at that point. (laughs) But in our situation, though, we think we we don't know what people need to hear. The Lord does. And so, we will spend months praying, and there usually will happen something like this. And this has happened in the last four films or five films. The Lord will give Alex a storyline, and it's a framework. Uh, and then at the same time, he'll be teaching me something in Scripture that's the principal heart behind it at the same time. So I was working on prayer, preaching, teaching on prayer at our church, leading the prayer ministry. 
Alex gets this idea for War Room. Uh, I, I was studying fatherhood and preaching on that. God gives Alex this idea for Courageous. And the two fit together like peanut butter and chocolate with a Reese's, you know. And so, and we're looking at it saying, God's in this. This is clear. This isn't something we're trying to do. We're not trying to look at the culture and see what's hot and trying to manufacture something to ride that wave. We're like, Lord, we're just going to be obedient to you because when we stand before you one day, we want to say, we want, we want to hear you say, well done. Right. We don't want to be like God saying, hey, good ideas, way to go. Uh, we want it to be that we joined him in what he's doing among the nations. So that's happened really with the, with the every And you've been doing this, I mean, this for a long time now, right? I mean, this is a, the secret this, sauce is, this the sixth is God, not us. Is this the sixth Yeah, this film? is our Okay, so long time. How do you not fall off the wagon in terms of, you know, when we talk about things being, it's easy to be distracted, to lose identity. When you're working and you're making movies and yeah. or books or whatever it is, you're putting something out, and as you were saying, if it doesn't do well and your identity is placed in it, suddenly it's like, oh no, I'm a failure, right? How do you keep yourselves on that track of not getting inundated by that Well, I, I will tell you that... Uh, of the uh, six movies we've made, five of them put me in the hospital, either um, stress or me. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I was. <laughs> uh, it was either either I stress or exhaustion or, yeah, or, or whatever. And and uh, but it's also interesting that whatever the movie's about, the Lord tends to walk us through that in our own lives, where He makes sure that we're learning what we're presenting. And, uh, and I would say every movie, at some point during the movie, it, the Lord humbled us oh, yeah. or even broke us. For example, we were making Fireproof. And I've been married for 23 years uh, as of now. The hardest year of my marriage was when we were making Fireproof. And so I'm making a film, and we have a book, The Love There, about how to have a godly marriage while I am desperately seeking God for my own marriage. Journeying through the same yes. things. And right. so, and I realize, looking back, I see the Lord allowed this because I, I had to get to a place of total dependence mm -hmm. on Him, right? Saying, God, you have to love my wife through me. Mm -hmm. And um, and so when I look back at that, I see how the Lord is saying, I'm, you're not just a voice piece. I, I'm, I'm going to teach you these things right. so that by the time the movie comes out and you're speaking about it, you, you have some your, of your own seasoning. You know, I've, I've, I've worked in your own hearts. And so th there is a little bit of fear every time we do a film. Lord, what are you going to do to me this time? <laughs> What's as we're making a Which film? hospital should I yes. prepare to go to? You know, so <laughs> we had to ask ourselves to, to ensure our identities in the Lord. If the Lord makes overcomer flop, are we going to be okay? Are we going to be able to say, well, praise you, Lord. Yeah. You are who we find our identity in. It's okay. Yeah, Noah preached for 100 years, no converts. Right. But God's like, A plus Noah. And he's, he's like, like, this I'm is horrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How many times, you know, Isaiah's like, here am I, send me. And God's like, okay, I'm going to send you to a people that will reject you and call you a loser and totally kick you out. But I'm going to give you two thumbs up. And so yeah. we come back to, is the Lord pleased? Can right. we lay in bed at night? knowing we obeyed him because right. it's easy to be like, Oh, God's blessing us in our ministry when things are going well. Are you being faithful though, when the world rejects you or when John the Baptist is in prison for being faithful and then yeah. is beheaded and Jesus honors him with his words at the same time that John the Baptist is grieving over his ministry in prison. And we have to come back to is the Lord, our audience of one that we are trying to please, or are we trying to please men and people? So it's easier for me to say that, you know, than living it out is tough. Yeah, but living yeah. it out is yeah. a daily battle. It's a daily death to self. And I would also say, um, Jesus is the best thing we got going on. I mean, really, we, 
our time with him, seeking him daily in his word, walking with him, being his children, that always needs to be where he's our first love. He's preeminent in all things. It's a privilege that for this season we get to make movies, but we're going to be able to worship him around his throne for all eternity, and we're not going to be watching Fireproof in Heaven, you know, or Overcomer, or whatever. Are you sure? No, I'm pretty sure, you know. It's it's really going to be about him, and so we need to shift right now in our thinking, set our hearts on heaven now, Scripture says, and it is in that context of, of walking with him and abiding with him that fruit starts showing up and great God ideas yeah. start showing up, and so... We never, because we know how inadequate we are behind the scenes, you know, uh, our, our friend Aaron Burns told some people, he's like, I help these guys make War Room. They keep saying they don't know what they're doing. He said, they're telling the truth. They don't know what they're doing. Every one of our movies has been a string of one answered prayer after another. And Overcomer is no exception. There are so many answers to prayer where God was ordering where we're going to shoot, who we're going to work with. We look back and we're like, God did this. And it's really fun. It's really fun when the Lord's driving and you get to be on the bus and watch the view of, I didn't know we were going to make that turn, but this is really cool. Well, you've made many turns. I mean, six movies, most people never get a movie made in their lives, obviously. It's a really tough thing to do. And when you look through the timeline, which I've done, and I've seen, you know, here's the budget, and the budgets have grown, and the complexity in the scripts, it's grown, and the films have gotten bigger, and War Room was a huge movie. You know, what's your, what's the the one thing you hope everybody takes away, and we've kind of talked about some of this, but if there was one key takeaway, people are driving home after they watch Overcomer, what do you want them talking about? That their identity must be rooted and planted in Christ, that their value uh, must come from him, not from men, not from success, awards, anything else, and that uh, everything after that um, may change, but to find themselves in Christ, which means you have to belong to Christ first, is, is by far, by an ocean of difference, the most important thing. And uh, to ask themselves, who gets to define who I am? Am I letting uh, something other than the Lord define who I am? Am I letting my feelings or my, my accomplishments, my job, my, my, you know, my, my relationships define who I am? Or is that truly found in Christ? And, and we hope that they're inspired when they leave to ask themselves those questions and to come to the conclusion that my identity must be found in Christ. And so if that happens, whatever the movie does, that would be success for us. Yeah, and I would imagine it's a reassessment for a lot of us too. You know, yeah. we may be on the right path and it's easy to fall off that path right. and, and have to get yourself back up and say, no, I have to make sure my identity is where it should be. That's right. And that's a real struggle for people now. Well, and if you think about, we talk about failure, you know, somebody, you get things taken away, it tests your identity. Success can test your identity too. Yeah. You can start off in ministry or in Christian filmmaking or whatever you're doing with good motives. I want to honor God. I want to serve him with my life. Then success happens and you win awards or money comes in or people are praising you going, you're the best interviewer I've ever had, you know, or whatever. Lying is a sin. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. So, but in those contexts, if you're not careful, you can say, well, that's kind of sweet, honey. And you shift to that, getting more of that becomes your motive in the future. If you're not careful. And if you lose that, then, then the rug gets pulled out from up underneath you. So it is a daily dying to self, and it is a daily remembering, Lord, I want to know you. Jesus says this is eternal life. They may know uh, the know God and Jesus Christ whom you send. And so I want to know Christ, walk with him, be close to him, and be found in him. Being in him is unbelievable. Paul's praying for the church in Ephesians 1 that they may discover the incredible things that happen when we're in Christ. And it will affect how we respond to temptation, problems, pressure, everything else. 
when we find our identity in him. So we're excited about people getting this message, hopefully, through the movie. Sounds great. Well, thank you guys both very much Thanks, for coming down Billy. today. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this week's Pure Flix podcast. We hope you enjoyed the interviews with Andrea Logan White and the Kendrick brothers. Be sure to head over to facebook.com backslash pureflix and pureflix.com for more daily inspiring content. And hey, if you want to read our blog, you can do that over at insider.pureflix.com. I know you guys will love and enjoy it. It's daily content, Bible verse lists, advice, interviews, and so much more. Tune in next week for another episode of the Pure Flix podcast.